0: Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matt
1: Baker. I perform a comedy
0: and stunt show. And I'm Louie Fox. I do uh, magic tricks, comedy, and hand shadow puppets.
1: <laughs> and we both have performed at the Moisture Festival for a number of years. So welcome to the podcast where we give you a peek behind the curtains of the performers and the people that make the Moisture Festival
0: happen. You get a l- little bit of a look at their journey to getting on stage and a little bit about what they do in their time off stage. So So,
1: welcome and be sure to check out all the episodes of the Moisture Festival podcast
0: because there's a lot. There is a lot. And if you aren't familiar with the Moisture Festival, it's a four week festival celebrating variety arts. So, that's hula hoopers, magicians, people who bounce on their hands, acrobats, pretty much anything you can think of. It is the largest
1: festival of its kind in the entire world, folks. In the entire world, it's the largest festival and it features some of the best entertainers and comedians
0: working today. The festival happens in the months of March and April and not only do they have world-class variety acts, but they have a burlesque venue that runs for one week only and get your tickets for that Early because that always sells out.
1: Actually, 95% we've crunched the data, Louie. Yes. 95% of the shows sell out. So if you're listening to this in the months of March and April, be sure to go to moisturefestival.org and get your tickets today.
0: Yes, especially if your bucket list item is to see the opening show, get them now. Absolutely.
1: On today's podcast, we are interviewing Stefan Walker, a.k.a. Swami Yomami. A.k.a. Less is more.
0: Yeah. He has more aliases than Whitey Bulger.
1: <laughs> it's a great interview it's actually the first interview that louie and i have done where
0: louie and i were in separate places we did it over zoom and Louis is in seattle i'm in oregon and stefan is in washington dc so we kind of have the whole country covered
1: we get into the various characters that stefan has come up with over
0: his career we get into how learning how to be a pickpocket and then we get into the best show i've ever seen in my life <laughs> we hope you guys like it because we loved
1: it yes. let's get to it and- Today's guest was voted Artist of the Year at the Americana Burlesque and Sideshow Festival, has been featured on National Geographic's Is It Real, and appeared on Louis' favorite movie of all time, Step Right Up. He is the original Sideshow geek, Swami Omami, or as his mom knows him, as Stefan Walker. I don't know, if your mom actually know you as Stefan Walker? or <laughs>
2: Actually, I'm not even uh, I'm not even performing as Swami Omami these days. Um, I have transitioned from doing mostly sideshow to focusing on stage pickpocketing. Oh, so.
0: And I have yeah. a question about the stage pickpocketing. Theatrical pickpocketing is different from like street pickpocketing. But yes. in the age of social distancing, is it harder to be a stage pickpocket? We have to do it from like
2: six feet away. The great thing is there are so many people who just don't believe that there's a virus going on at all. I have no problem getting volunteers who will come up and stand right next to me and shake my hand and yeah. Now it's it's been um it was a little bit more difficult uh last year or earlier this year but i think now that a lot of people have gotten their vaccinations and have been doing what they should be doing um it's not as problematic and i've had people come up wearing masks um which is great i have gone back and forth on whether i should be wearing one uh during the performances let's take a step back real
0: quick because we kind of jumped real far in so what describe like swami omami and what that is and then kind of what your pickpocketing show is as well.
2: Absolutely. I started doing sideshow stuff about, gosh, it's been probably 20 years or so now. My background is in acting. I've got my my degree in, in theater and um, had been acting and pursuing acting for a while and was just looking for some other creative outlet. And uh, I got exposed to some sideshow stuff and it, it sparked some interest. And so I put together... Uh, a show i started with character um you know kind of from that 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 acting background and decided on a, on a character called swami omami and of course there's the whole idea of the sideshow geek and then of course we've got the cultural geek and i'm definitely on the nerdy side of the spectrum so i decided i was going to go with kind of playing with those two meanings together so ah. swami omami is a very nerdy Person And, you know, I had uh, I, I was wearing, you know, like, like uh, Bermuda shorts, bright Bermuda shorts or, or or bright orange pants, really, really kind of garish clothes and and glasses and uh, had some uh, a mouth appliance to make my teeth more prominent. And then I had a very colorful uh, turban with a giant uh, feather on it. Originally, it was uh, part of the reason I got the inspiration for it was because I was looking on. On eBay, and I found a Christian Dior uh, multicolored pastel turban, uh, mm. and I bought that. And I was like, "Well, there's there's my color palette that I'm working <laughs> from. So everything so, came from that." So, about what year is this? That was around 2000, I believe. Wow. Well, the thing is, this turban was probably from 19, 1940s or 1950s. Ah. Uh, I mean, it was it was a vintage uh, Christian Dior turban that some rich woman.
1: Had worn at some point. Is there a uh, long history of Swami performers? Like what? Because you're this. You're the second Swami we've interviewed on the Moisture Festival podcast. And uh, so, like, what is there like a lineage of sideshow magic? Yeah, it's like reading swamis. Yeah. Right. Or like, where does the sort of swami yeah. connect to the performing historically? Do you
2: know, right? it uh, a lot of um, modern sideshow that people are aware of uh, came from uh, uh, Eastern culture, Indian culture. And uh, you have swamis and Fakirs uh, and yogis who were doing things like walking on. Uh, originally, I think it was walking on um, on uh, uh, thistles. Uh, But, you know, walking on broken pottery, walking on broken glass, laying in a bed of nails, doing extreme physical feats uh, and their ability to withstand that was evidence of their spiritual commitment or advancement. Uh, That is historically where it comes from. And so my reason for going with that was partially to acknowledge that. um, Yeah actually it's primarily to acknowledge that it was also because I found a turban on eBay that looked <laughs> funny and I thought I can build something around this. but um yeah so that you know that was definitely uh a major part of where the character came from was acknowledging the the source of these types of stunts which have now become uh more you know they're very secular there's find some martial artists who will do things like bed of nails and say this is uh, evidence of their of their power but it has mostly become you know a secular form of entertainment Uh, and so really that's the only part of my show that uh, was involved in that the rest was really uh, all about being a geek and the geek empowerment because you know 20 some years ago we weren't at the stage where geeks are ruling the world and so a big part of <laughs> the show the whole story of my show was you know we're all uh we're all kind of outsiders we don't fit in we're awkward but that can be our power that that can be cool um and and so that's you know that was the thrust of it it's actually part of why i transitioned out of doing that because we got to a point where it's like well yeah no kidding of course geeks are cool everybody knows that yeah my choices were i can rewrite this show from the beginning and have a completely different kind of through line or i can abandon any story to it at all and just do stunts and i didn't want to do that and i didn't have the energy really to start all over again from scratch so um i decided to explore other things Now, you've done a lot of
0: things, too, because you you were an actor, and so a lot of what you do is character-based, and you create your own characters. Do you have, like, your top three favorite failed characters?
2: That's an interesting question. Let me think about that. Or, like, the three that just, for whatever reason, didn't take. I don't know if there were any that that I tried, that I presented in performance that failed. There were definitely things that I thought about that I decided not to do, (laughs) Um, not because... Not really because there was anything inherently uh, bad about them, but particularly with the, um, the sideshow stuff, I was like, well, you know, I could do, I could be doctor this, I could be professor that, I could be, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but there's so much of that out there. Yeah. Um, and actually kind of jumping forward a little bit, uh, a few years after I started doing my solo show, I put together Cheeky Monkey Sideshow, which is my troupe, originally for one performance, we were Doc Walker's old time, modern day sideshow of the future. (laughs) Because my thing was I wanted to do this. I had this great image in my head of this big banner line and a and a talker out front calling people in and I'd have people from like different eras walking up and going through the entrance into the sideshow. And it was just about how, you know, sideshow just transcends any particular time. our first show ended up being nothing like that. I mean, we had no no set whatsoever, barely had any had flyers. And then uh, right after that, the uh, first the inaugural D.C. Uh, Fringe Festival uh, was starting and I was applying for it. And as I was applying for it, I had thought about Cheeky Monkey and decided no. as I was applying for it, I like filled it out and I did the whole Doc Walker's thing. And then I stopped and I went delete Cheeky Monkey side show. And I was like that's faster. It's easier. Whatever, um, so I was almost sort of a doc, even though I was performing a with- <laughs> So There were things that I rejected, but it wasn't necessarily because they failed. It's just it wasn't it just didn't fit what I wanted
0: to do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I meant:
2: is three like
0: they didn't have legs.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I'd say it was probably uh, it was probably Doctor, Professor, and Fuhrer were um, the three. <laughs> I'm not gonna go with these ones.
1: Yeah. No, there's
2: not a czar in there. <laughs>
1: Like no. I think it
2: be. Yeah, especially now. I mean, you know, with everything Russian being so popular. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, how did you, like how did you even come into the sideshow or being interested in sideshow? What did you see originally that caught your eye or made you want to gravitate towards that? Was there something in particular?
2: Yeah, there actually was very specifically. Uh, it's back when Penn and Teller's Sin City Spectacular was on the air. And uh, I had been doing magic for a while at the time. I was watching the show, and Todd Robbins came on and did his light bulb eating routine. And at the time, my only real familiarity with sideshow was Jim Rose Circus, um, which is great and and it you know it was extremely successful and and worked great for him. But it just wasn't my style of thing. I and at the time I didn't really I hadn't really thought about what the options were, but I knew I was not a person who was going to like play heavy metal and come out and be as gross as possible. So I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not interested in side show. That's really all I thought about it. And then I saw Todd on sin city spectacular and he was in a suit and witty and dry and erudite and eating a light bulb and funny. And I was like, Oh yeah, there's okay. So there's more you can do with this. So I just kind of then started trying to explore what my version of that was and and that's how i ended up doing what i did
1: well i'm very impressed like i watched a lot of your videos i watched the video of you at the kennedy senator um where you you were like the mc essentially of this large variety show and you know when I MC at the Moisture Festival, I'm like reading cards from like you know you know notes that I've been taking, and and, and you memorized every. I was so impressed that you were the had the ability to not only memorize the whole show, but specifically for that one individual show. As do you have that ability, or was that just like a one off? Like, hey, this is a big opportunity, so I just took it upon
2: myself to memorize everything. Thank you. First of all, um, you no, know, that is generally what I do. I will, um, I, I mean, I, I emcee not so much now uh, for, you know, cause of COVID and obvious reasons, but I, I have MC'd a lot before. And generally what I do is I, I get, you know, some basic information about the act. I, uh, if they have anything in particular that they want me to say that they don't want me to say, if they have anything that they want me to plug. Um, and then I just kind of build whatever the introduction is going to be uh, around that. Um, there'll be times when I've got, you know, my stuff that's kind of a go to thing, I'll say. Um, but generally, yeah, I just, you know, kind of think it through ahead of time and then and then uh, try to do it off the cuff. I'm trying to think I'm sure there must be times I've worked from cards, but usually I, I try. I mean, to you it. had you had it. it was it was impressive. And uh, that's I, was... Funny. I, I, I mean, I'm glad that you say that I, I on the video you saw, was there any audience audio you could kind of hear them okay. like it wasn't like they
1: weren't mic'd,
2: um, right? You this could, was, you could I was hear that talking to, Yeah, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day is, I mean, it was a fantastic opportunity. It was it was great to be there. And like by the time we walked off stage, they handed us a DVD that had everything. Wow. You no, know, I mean, it was great. And I'm like this. I've got the Kennedy Center <laughs> the video, man. This is gonna, I'm going to put this in all my promo stuff. And as you said, they, they didn't make the audience, they only make the acts. Yeah. So the biggest laugh, and I'm not even saying it's mine, I don't remember whose it was honestly, but the biggest laugh in the whole show sounds like the audience is kind of chuckling. Yeah, you
1: can't <laughs> quite tell
2: if there's, there's more than five people there. Yeah, so- it, But you were great. That, it was useless, thank you. Did yeah. it, my, I, as a performer, I, 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 you, you probably enjoyed uh, how badly my opening joke bombed though, because um, it was not far after, after um, award season. And so there had just been this slew of hosts going, you know, Webster's Dictionary de- defines integrity as, or whatever, right? This was just all over the place. And yeah. I was tired of hearing. So my opening joke is, is a de- a Webster's Dictionary defines hackneyed as blah, 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 nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea what I was talking about or referencing. And I'm like, hey, that's, I clearly know my audience. I don't, I don't think the beauty is, the beauty is on
0: that tape. It sounds the same as if it hit though.
1: Yeah. There you go. Right. There you
0: go. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yep. (laughs) No, it was, it was great. I just, I, I thought it was very funny that like the presenter came out for the Kennedy Center and he's like very like formal, <laughs> like, and then you come and then i on kinds of Swami puts a nail in his
0: nose. <laughs> it's like,
2: yep. yeah, that's, this is... <laughs> bringing class back to the Kennedy.
0: <laughs> I mean, you've worked a wide range of venues from the Kennedy center to Ripley's
2: you were in the Coney Island Congress of curious people. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was, that's, that's an annual event they did. And um, yeah, I got to do that with uh, Harley Newman and I, um, Oh God now I feel like a terrible person because I can't remember who else was on the bill. I was I, I hadn't been doing it a super long time so I didn't know everybody real well um, I pulled up uh, Adam Realman as a volunteer. I don't you're even much more time.
1: curious now than you were then
2: <laughs> I am yeah yeah exactly but it was a fun that was a fun time that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great night and I, I got to be uh, got to work on the Coney Island stage which was uh, something I had been wanting to do. Got to sign the wall in the back with a pen That's that cool. didn't cool. really make any mark so i <laughs> went back there if i could not prove i had ever been there uh because my name is nowhere to be seen on the wall but yeah was, that was a fun thing
0: and you were there as uh swami or stefan yeah as swami Amami. mommy yeah okay
1: so what's what's uh, one of the reasons that you decided to outside of just having to rework the show was there any sort of like backlash about the swami character ever
2: Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit. Um, uh, I had two, I had one person who came up to me after the show to talk about it, who was, I didn't realize at the time that she was very drunk, but somebody who was standing there told me she was, I just, I didn't realize. Um, And, and, you know, I, I, I listened to what she had to say and I talked to her about it and she had not seen the show. Uh, She didn't know what it was about. She didn't have the slightest idea what I said in the show. (laughs) Um, But she saw the word Swami and she saw the turban and she and she took offense at that. Yeah. So, you know, I listened to what she said and we moved on from there. And then there was somebody uh, else uh, who kind of decided briefly to try to make a project out of me and um, and was complaining about it. And I'll also her I, I spoke to her actually at great length, um, listen to what she had to say. Um, as I said, uh, I, I mean, at this point, there's a couple things with that. At this point, um, my feeling is if, if there's any chance that somebody is going to take what I'm doing and interpret it as something that is uh, harmful, uh, whether I see it as harmful or not, um, I, it's something I need to reconsider mm. because I got, there's plenty of things I can yeah. do. Yeah. And what I'm doing is, is somebody's somebody's finding that hurtful. I, I don't need to do that. Um, the more selfish version of that is I could sit down with each, you know, if somebody complains about it, I could sit down with them and I could say, okay, these are my reasons for why um, I feel this is not uh, appropriative. The main one being at, at no point, do I say that I'm representing uh, yeah. anybody else's culture. Um I don't uh, profess to be any kind of an authority on it. I'm certainly not playing any kind of an Indian character. It's very much it's a really it's a geeky person who yeah. and for me and, and there's layers in it and I completely understand um why an audience wouldn't necessarily see a layer that I haven't explained. To me it's like there's this geeky guy who loves this stuff and it comes from Swami, uh, from, from a, a, a history of Swami's. And so, yeah, as somebody who loves this, I'm going to wear a, a turban, just like uh, somebody's like magicians. I love magicians. I'm going to wear a top hat.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. If, but so, if you're a juggler, me, you can't
0: do that. That's that's our that's
2: my wear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm aware that's there. But unless I'm going to explain that to everybody um, or or be in a position where I feel like I'm defending myself um nobody else is going to know that and my feeling was i do this in general and i put that character together with the intention of entertaining people and if i what i'm doing is spending my time defending my choices i'm not entertaining anybody and i'm wasting my own time so i'm like mm-hmm. i can i can put this aside um i don't need to do this that's fine yeah. uh one thing i did um was there was an event uh, where cheeky monkey was there and I came and I, and I hadn't done the character in a, I don't know, a year and a half or so. And I came and I came full, the full character, the full costume, everything was exactly the same, but I said I was rabbi ah, uh-huh. And if anybody wanted to complain, I'm like, look, I'm Jewish. I'm not uh, appropriating anything. And Jews were wearing turbans before anybody else was, that is actually my culture. Uh so so and my point you know nobody else is going to know this point but to me my point was i've changed nothing but but with the right justification what i'm doing is fine with a different justification what i'm doing is wrong
1: did you get a bunch of jewish people come up and go i'm so disappointed in your choice no (laughs) not
2: a bit not a bit yes they said why aren't you a doctor yes exactly (laughs) we had such high hopes for you exactly so yeah i kind of did that just to um As an experiment. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. And not really to make, I I wouldn't say I did it to make a point to anyone really, but myself, because I didn't say anything about it. Um, uh, I just did it. And, um, and, you know, I, I, being honest, it was in my mind. If anybody wants to bring up the whole thing again, I can say, you know, well, okay, how about this situation where nothing is different uh, except the name? Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. Why, why is, why is one offensive to to uh indian people the other one is is not offensive to jewish people vice versa, whatever so anyway yeah Yeah. so um between that uh that i I mean that was a factor but but being honest that was not a major factor the major factor was i felt like i had two things i felt like i had done pretty much everything that i could do with it Mm -hmm. um i had learned all the stunts that i was going to learn um I, I do pretty much all of the the sideshow stunts that people are familiar with, except for sword swallowing and um, and uh, uh, piercing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't going to so do. Ex-
0: except for the cool <laughs> ones.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Can you regurgitate <laughs> stuff? Um Yes, I I can swallow razor blades and a thread and bring the razor blades back up threaded. Only a tequila tot-
1: on my twenty first birthday. <laughs> totally
2: real regurgitation that is in no way yeah. a magic trick being used by side. No. Um,
0: my magician people feel that's appropriating our stuff. Well, if I put
2: on a different hat, I'm still I'm a magician, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah,
1: there you go.
2: Um, but yeah and and i mean i wanted He's magic to mike <laughs> right i started to learn sword swallowing but i realized um uh, i hated it i uh, hated learning mm. it and and i didn't really need to do it the other thing is that i tend not to uh because of the way i work i tend to come up with a routine and then learn the skill um so like i i before i started doing mental flossing um, I had the routine for like three years, uh, start to finish. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I just couldn't get the stupid balloon into the back of my throat and out my mm. mouth. And then, so that's where you put a balloon up your nose and it comes out your mouth. And then you exactly, or some, well. some flexible object in the nose and out the mouth. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that took me a long time to learn. Um, uh, so with sword swallowing, I didn't really have a routine set and I have a, you know, sensitive gag reflex. So I, I ended up not learning that. So anyway, circling back around where I started with that, I, I didn't have any new stunts I was going to do. I put together pretty much all of the routines that I could think of. And unless I was going to uh, rewrite the presentation of all of my routines, I didn't feel like I had a lot of place to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a couple, very broadly, a couple different kinds of performers. There are some who get to a point and they're like, "Okay, I've done that. now. I want to move some onto something else. And then there are others who are like, "Okay, I got this and I've got it to a place. I like it. And this is this is solid. I'm going to I'm going to continue and and I'm not passing a judgment on anybody else. Uh, Just for me, I feel like I'm not working or not moving forward if I do that. Um, I, I wish I could come up with something that was just really great and go, cool, this is what (laughs) I'm doing from now on. But I just, I, you know, my own, my own baggage keeps me from being able to do that. So I needed to go someplace else with what I was doing. And the other reason was I had been doing it primarily at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. I had been doing it for several years and they rotate acts fairly frequently. So every year that I, every season that finished, I'm like, okay, that's probably the last year I'm doing that here. Um, and then it would get brought back. And, and around the time I decided I I kind of didn't want to keep doing it, um, I'd been doing it there for a while. And I was like, I need something else that I can present uh, as a replacement for this act. So that's why I came up with the, with less, less, more, uh, the the dapper dipper. Yeah. Um, and how did you how did you get into pickpocketing? Um, in terms of learning or what interested me? Both. Uh, both. Uh A couple things. Uh, the the um, artistic director at the festival had years ago had just kind of in passing mentioned that she wished she could that they had the budget to bring Apollo Robbins in and his pickpocketing act. He's. Uh, I think it's accurate to say he's probably the best known stage pickpocket currently. Um,
0: yeah, I th- I think so. As Matt googles Apollo Robbins. Well, because
1: I worked with some <laughs> pickpocketer guy on a cruise ship, and I wonder if that was him because he claimed to be the best. What's his name?
2: Well, uh, I'm not uh, saying I'm not saying best or worst. I'm just saying best known right now. Apollo, like Robin. Apollo,
1: like Apollo Creed. Oh,
2: that's not the guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or you know the that Greek god. That, you know, or the or woman. the the, the yeah. space missions. <laughs> um, he he uh, consults on a lot of shows that will have uh, pickpocketing stuff on it. He's mm. appeared on. I just saw him not re I went through and was watching the show leverage, which I didn't even know. I think that shows like 25 years old now. And I only found out about it last year. Um, he appeared on that once or twice. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's, he's reasonably well-known. I, so anyway, she had mentioned that she wished she could bring him in and I just kind of filed that away in the back. And when I was looking at new things that I could do, I was like, well, I know that there's an interest in a pickpocketing act at the festival. So, That might be a good thing to look into. Um, Got some books, got uh, some videos. Um, uh, There's a British magician and pickpocket named James Brown, who put out a fantastic uh, video series on pickpocketing. He kind of spoiled me for every other instructional video I've gotten since then. Is it? Hold
1: on. Is his book called The Big Payback? No, (laughs) no.
2: Yeah, so I, I found some videos, read some books, uh, and then again, you know, started with what's the character going to be, and and work things into that.
1: Now, when you're learning pickpocketing, I would imagine you have to go on the street and practice it in real, real life
2: scenarios, right? Absolutely, you should yeah. see what I have got in, in a. <laughs> He's like, see this house behind me. See this. <laughs> see this car. See <laughs> curtains. I pulled these out of somebody's pocket <laughs> under their shirt. Oh. Uh, there's a uh, uh, magician and also pickpocket uh, Gregory Wilson, who uh, produces a lot of different uh, tricks and and has done a lot of lectures. He has um, a routine that I just forgot the name of. It's a pickpocketing routine. Um, fake pocket, maybe. I think. And it's, it is pickpocketing, but it's also uh, it's a routine and it's, and if uh, any magicians who you've got listening, it's, it's essentially a one ahead routine. So that'll mean something to them. Um, So I started with that and then built uh, my version of that based on, on his video. And so I do some stuff differently. I do, I I've, I do more stuff than he's got in the routine that he uh, produced but that was a great place for me to start um and then uh yeah so i i basically my my i have you know three sections to my show i start out um after the introduction i start out doing a, a kind of a carnival game grift uh it's a version of a of an old carnival and vaudeville routine where you give somebody some money and uh and and depending on what you're using usually it's something they're holding in their hand and the rules of the game are they can only say whatever the thing is i use candy so they can only say candy or they lose money and then you go through a series of questions uh you know tricking them into saying yes or no and you get the money yeah and and it's set up so no matter what they say you get all the money yeah so that routine, um, then I do a watch steal, and then I finish off with the pickpocketing uh, with my kind of expanded, if you will, version of, of the fake pocket routine. Mm. Nice. Yeah, is
1: is the fake pocket, because I watched a video of you doing the pickpocket, I think maybe in South Carolina, and you had a guy up on stage and you're, you know, you're stealing stuff out of his pockets. You're putting stuff in his pockets, taking stuff out of other pockets. Is that the what, the, what you're talking about? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some of that, the, the original parts of that, like the credit card, the, the credit card and the wallet essentially um, are the parts uh, that are in that routine. And then I, I have gone into taking and putting other things and, and uh, you know, just basically taking that routine and, and like I said, expanded it a little bit. Yeah. Made it my own.
1: It's pretty. It's pretty fascinating to watch. Like you know, I've I, I've worked with a million people and only ever worked with one other pickpocketing show. So I would imagine that
2: there is... No, you you and I worked with Gregory Wilson in Portland. Two. Uh, but no, well, but if you ever work with him again. Tell him thanks. Um, yeah. Well, the one I, I, I worked teams who've gotten my thanks, but
1: I've worked with a guy um, a pickpocketer on a ship Royal Caribbean a few years ago, and he essentially he did a pickpocket show, but then he did a seminar the next night about like what to watch for for pickpocketers yeah. and like, you know, preventing stuff on your computer from being hacked. And then apparently, I forget this was guy's that? name, but James? he works with NATO. Like he, oh, NATO uh, hires him and to come in and, you know.
2: I think I might know who you're talking about. Is he kind of a like, not not big heavy, but a big guy with a, yes. a, a beard? Yes. Yes, he's tall.
1: And um, I think he's either Dutch or French or something. Um, it might be the same. I same.
2: Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But he's yeah, he was just
1: sweet guy but it was fascinating yeah. to watch
2: yeah well, I so sw- i watch if it's the same person i'm thinking of i watch some of his videos and uh yeah i really i he's he's somebody I, I wouldn't mind meeting seems like a cool guy yeah
0: there was always stories i'd heard about an old pickpocket named ricky dunn who was a magician too and the story i always heard about him i'm curious if you do stuff like this is basically he'd bring the guy on stage and while he's walking the guy on stage he would pull the mic away from his mouth and go Here's the deal. Pretend like I'm actually stealing from you or I'm going to kick your ass
2: in the parking lot <laughs> after the <this> show. <laughs> that would work so well for me because anybody who's ever seen me knows that I am just a big I'm lo- yeah. I look like yeah. I look like a uh, I look like the mountain from Game of Thrones, boy, I'm intimidating. <laughs> yeah, that would never work for me. The closest the closest I get to that without without Tipping too much is I do instant stooge somebody for one section of the show. Um, other than that, everything else is it's however they respond or however I succeed or fail, then that's that's what I got to deal with.
1: This is more of an inside baseball question, but where are you on the thought process of stooging an audience member? Do you feel like uh, like I'm I'm of the mindset of like just improv with whatever they give you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it will be a more organic, but some people do, they will, will, they'll instruct or direct the people in, in a very timely manner. Uh, where, where,
2: where you? I prefer, I prefer not to do it. Um, the, the one moment where I do the instant stooging, I know most people um, who are doing that and, and using a stooge for it, uh, they will find somebody ahead of time and say, here's what we're going to do. Here's yeah. we need etc i did that one time um and it was fine actually i did it the first time i i presented that routine um uh, and it was fine um the best part of it was that i i don't think i had i don't think i had asked the guy his name when i was first talking to him so i come up i've been introduced as a as a pickpocket as a con man i say you know hi my name's les what's your name he says my name's mark and i just kind of you know (laughs) did a uh, thank you, God. Last <laughs> year. I guess. That's perfect. Um, but since then, I decided I prefer to do the uh, the instant staging. I don't want to give them too much time to think yeah. about it. I want reactions to be natural, um, and I don't want to. I want to minimize the risk of having the overly helpful volunteer. Yes, it's brutal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and other than that, I don't use any. I. I. There are. Um, I, I doubt the the. the uh, pickpocketing mafia is going to come after me there you know there are acts where you'll see like oh i've i've just you know i i here's my 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 finale for my pickpocketing thing i'm gonna i've got a guy up here who's got a a full three-piece suit on and i'm gonna take his shirt off from under his suit well that's physically impossible that's a stooge it's planned Mm -hmm. it's it's rigged um i don't i don't want to do stuff like that I don't like stuff like that. Even when I, even when I'm doing the, uh, when I used to do the the razor blades routine, most people uh, who I've seen do it say, you know, I'm going to swallow this and in my stomach, I'm going to do all this stuff with these razor blades and this string, and then I'm going to regurgitate it back up. And I say in the act, I say, people will tell you that I go, that's a load of crap. You can't do that. Mm. That's like tying your shoes with mittens on. I said, I'm going to do this in my mouth. I'm still lying, but at least I'm not insulting their intelligence, which is what bugs me.
1: Maybe that's the new Swami Yomami trick is tying shoes with with mittens mittens on. on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I just, I don't, it's for me, it's, I mean, I realize it's a real kind of fine and, and perhaps, um, Picky to the point of being immaterial, line because anytime you're doing magic, someone could say, you know, you're insulting the intelligence of the audience because you're saying I'm doing something that clearly I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. I don't have to agree with that because I think there's an agreement with the audience when you're doing magic, everybody knows what you've agreed to. What I don't like is when you're saying to somebody, this is something I'm doing for real. And not only am I going to tell you I'm doing it for real, I'm going to tell you I'm doing it in a way that unless you are congenitally stupid, you will know is not possible. But mm. I'm going to say it anyway because I think you are congenitally stupid. Yeah. So I I, I avoid stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I don't, I that's so I don't use uh I don't use any stooges in the show. I've even uh this is kind of not exactly on the same subject, but it reminded me. One of the things that I, I kind of set as a rule for myself when I started this was that I was not going to do any magic as part of the pickpocketing show. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, pickpockets who will use uh, magic magic. Um, as part of their i mean one of the things that's very common between magic and pickpocketing is is misdirection is incredibly important and focusing your your uh, volunteers attention your audience's attention is very important and of course since those two things are common uh between sideshow and magic it's magic is a great way to misdirect uh your volunteer from what you're stealing off of them Uh, yeah and i and obviously that's why a lot of people do it i because i had so many people when i was doing sideshow would say oh he's a magician and i'm like no these things are just separate there may be a little overlap but they're separate i didn't want to get that with this with the pickpocketing stuff Uh i didn't know oh he's a a magician i'm like no i'm not in fact i'm not doing any magic in the show at all um since then i've realized there's a reason that pickpocket acts will use magic because it really does make a lot of things a lot easier so there's some things that I've probably made a little more difficult for myself, and I've had to figure out other methods of achieving that same level of misdirection or or focusing the volunteer's attention. But uh, but I've had to do it without having the benefit of yeah. being able to imagine. Gonna...
1: When, when people call you to like book the pickpocket show, are you like, I'm $50 and I make the rest up in the show? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, <laughs> no. I am. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm working at a festival right now that's a hat show. And even with that, I'm, I've thought about going, hey, you know, you can you can uh, tip me afterwards or uh, I can just follow you around the fair. But either yeah. way, I'm getting money. <laughs> um, or or, or I can I tip me for you that, now. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, you know, that might get a chuckle. I don't know if that's the relationship I want to set up with. people ah. ask Give me money. But um. But yeah, so no, I'm. I'm. Uh, of course, the very first thing people do anytime they hear that I'm a pickpocket is they're like, "Oh, I better watch my wallet." Yeah, and of course. Man, like, no, do you ever I, like I, lift
1: a watch and like switch out a worse watch for their watch to give it back to them?
2: That would be very funny. That would actually, I, 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 that would be great. I'd have to let them. I mean, yeah. After I revealed that I, that I had taken their watch, that would be pretty funny. Yeah, give that. them
1: like a, you know, you take a Rolex and you give them back like some Nokia. <laughs>
2: That's funny. No yeah. key as a phone. I'm gonna, I'm oh, that? No, no, no <laughs> Key, make it. I don't know, dude. I watch. I'm going to take this as as uh, as as tacit uh, approval from you for me to use that. Oh, yeah. I decide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually very funny. I, can, I retired I
1: my pickpocketing show years ago. So, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right got, now after I, you got please, in trouble for for like, threatening
0: people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean besides just performing as less is more, and then uh, previously Swami Omami you i mean you're you still are out there acting i saw you a couple years ago in one of the greatest shows i've seen in my life which was elvis's birthday fight club oh, oh my god i forgot you were there that's right yay
2: yes <laughs> yeah i'm not um I do so real, still quick, act. real quick explain yes. what that show is oh i will i will oh well yeah um <laughs> i'm just gonna say that i'm not i'm not really presu- i don't like go out for auditions and stuff but um but I do still do some acting and there's some, some shows that I've worked with uh, or people that I've worked with and I'll, I'll work with them again. Elvis's Birthday Fight Club is, it's hard to encompass it in, in a simple summation. It is a celebration of Elvis's birthday that is put on by the toilet he died on, is hosted by an Elvis impersonator and a burlesque performer and is uh, like mm not mma uh wwe style uh comedic fights between iconic people places objects ideas interspersed with burlesque performance so i have i'm trying to let me see if i can remember i my first year i was colonel sanders fighting a chicken um i have been, I've been Wait, who won
1: between you and the chicken
2: the chicken one, the chicken one. Yes, um, to give you an idea of the kind of uh, kind of stuff that that we do, and we've I think we've got we've reined it in a little bit. But I I I knew that they knew that I was the right fit for them, and I knew uh, they were the right fit for me when we were we were in rehearsals and just you know throwing stuff out, and they're like, all right, so we need time. I'm dressed as Colonel Sanders, so like we need time for the chicken to sneak up behind you, and he, like he beats me by. Putting a a Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket over my head and like knocks me out. Um, I've been Vladimir Putin a couple times. I have been. I was a clown versus Congress. Um, Chris Angel. I got to be Chris Angel. That was the one I saw. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Good. That was that was so much fun for me, and I'm really glad you were there because you were probably the person in the audience who was most able to appreciate a uh, of spoof of, of chris angel did he fight
1: um, his own ego and yet somehow lost yes no he
2: fought <laughs> jesus
1: oh wow yeah yeah chris angel versus that's jesus. a natural
2: and it was uh i got the crap kicked out of me by uh by two archangels and uh and the messiah so nice great so yeah it's i mean it's weird we've had uh not necessarily ones i've I've played, but we've had everything. We've had a a -a Make-A-Wish kid. We've had Diana Reams, Hillary Clinton, um, the Euro, the statue of uh, the the Washington Monument. Um, I got to be a TARDIS, a dancing TARDIS. That was cool uh i was queen did you elizabeth, say you were a euro the euro yeah like it was a euro i was it was a giant euro <laughs> i was actually so, so, so real, the, the money not the sandwich the money oh no, yes. gosh i thought you meant like the sandwich right, yes. not, like... A, not not a euro a euro <laughs> yeah um i was a I was a, a, a snotty a french <laughs> gotcha euro. okay um, yeah so i mean all that's awesome of, i got to be queen elizabeth fighting queen I, Wait. I so
1: when is when great. is this happen? Because I would like to come. Elvis's birthday. When it yeah, when is that?
0: January. Oh Did you guys ha- it was, do it this year?
2: We did not do it this year. Um, we did a a virtual thing that was not the is not the show. Um, we were we were in rehearsal and then Omicron hit and gotcha. and so it's been tentatively delayed till some time in the summer. Hopefully we'll still do it. Well, would you um, let
1: us know? Cause we would like, I will, I will come to, I will fly out there to, to see it.
2: <laughs> it's it's so much fun. Of course. Absolutely. I'll let you know. Yeah. It's wild. And it's, it's, I've been doing it for, I think 10 years now, um, approximately that. And it's, it's so much fun. And it's That's amazing. So much talent, lots of fun.
1: So when you were at the moisture festival, did you do the pickpocket character or the Swami character?
2: I did Swami. Uh, it was a long time before I started doing less, S more. Um, yeah, I got. Uh, it's kind of funny because there was a slight, uh, slight mix-up on my part that led to a horrible decision on my part. Um, uh, I had, I had done, I'd worked with Armitage Shanks, who was who was programming the burlesque stage. Um, I'd worked with him. <clears throat> excuse me. Worked with him on uh, on his traveling uh, carnival-esque show. And so he contacted me and said, You know, I'm I'm doing the burlesque stage. Do you like to perform? And I was like, Absolutely. Thank you so much. And at the time, I had recently done a comedy burlesque number um, as you just like, it was, it's just, you know, it was a goofy comedy burlesque number. So he's like, Okay, you're going to be on the burlesque stage. My assumption was, All right, I'm going to do that burlesque number. Um, but I'm thinking, yeah, but I'd really like to do my sideshow stuff. So I said, is there any chance I could do one uh, one act on the main stage? And they were very nice and they were very accommodating and they let me do that. Then after a little more talk, I realized, oh no, he is having me do sideshow on the burlesque stage because it was more than just burlesque. Um, and uh, so that was great. Those Those acts went really well. I did not belong on the main stage. There were, I mean, we had acrobats and people <laughs> with incredible skills and vaudeville clown duos and all this stuff. And I'm doing this stupid, mad, fake, you know, failed magic trick where I'm sticking pins in my thumb and forget my gimmick and start to bleed. And I'm like, and, which would have worked really well in the burlesque stage, uh. but not on the main stage where all the big talent was. So I was just like, I don't think you're giving
1: yourself enough credit because the videos Uh, I've seen, you you belong there.
2: I'm sure you saw that, right? And it was, I mean, the audience was polite, but it was hardly um, what I would have hoped. It was, it was well, you absolutely know. fine. Louie and I performed
1: there. So, I mean, you could. That's yeah. what the bar is. Yeah, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> I think I envisioned it going over real well, but I, I imagine burlesque crowds, um, you know, I've only been to one of the burlesque shows at the Moisture Festival and they, they're sensational. They're so supportive and positive. Um, I, I would imagine if you failed at a burlesque show, that would be the true, the true test of
2: that how might, you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've certainly seen a wide variety of, of stuff at burlesque shows and some of it's, some of it's not terrific, but I will agree with you that everybody is still, it's one of the good things about that community is, is they're very, uh, supportive and and positive towards anybody who's willing to get up there and try something.
1: Yeah anyone like what what brought you aside from um, had you heard about it before david invited you out or
2: be honest, i had not um i hadn't been it's funny it doesn't it doesn't feel it was a while ago and it doesn't looking back it's like yeah i hadn't been doing variety stuff for that long um uh so while i've been doing this now for a long time i guess i was still relatively new so i didn't mm. i didn't even know that there were festivals specifically for variety performances, things like that. So I didn't really know anything about it mm. um, until Hermitage contacted me. Um, trying to think of who else, Hilby was there and uh, I'm so bad with names, I can't remember who else was there now. It was amazing. I mean, I it yeah. was it was so cool to be sitting backstage with everybody and then, and especially after seeing them perform because you're like, holy crap, I'm getting to hang out with this person who just did that incredible theme. <laughs> There. What's anyway, cool
1: is that there, there are gatherings for Like I saw that there's sideshow conventions, um, you know right. that there are sort of like gatherings for every sort of genre. Or but
0: the nice thing is this is they take all those genres and put them in yeah, one room, totally, so yeah. that like you get to hang out with someone, an aerialist who you normally wouldn't be hanging out with yeah i mean it is such and it's
1: such a unique show that brings so many different sort of talents together for one show i mean so that's when you say you might not have fit i i disagree because i think it is like the contrast of like hey i'm doing this you know clown you know faux magic trick mixed in with this high level cirque du Soleil skill i think that makes the show even better
2: honestly it may have been, I mean, giving, being as charitable to myself as, as I can, it may have just been that it was, that was way too big a room and too big a stage for that routine because it's not a big routine. Um, and it is, I mean, that it, it's, a, it's a routine that I feel has been pretty successful and I've gotten very good feedback on. So I don't feel like it's like, oh, you know, I that sucked. I just, it wasn't, that was not what should have been on well, that stage I- in that. At the Broadway Performance Hall,
0: you have the rake seating and everyone's kind of on top of the action, where at the Hales Palladium, where everyone's kind of on the floor and they only have the riser and the way back, smaller things are harder to play bigger on that stage. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean, and if I were to be back on that stage again, I would do something completely different than than what I chose. Yeah,
1: when I do the, I kick a contact, I I kick a contact off my foot and catch it in my eye and it never plays well.
0: at all.
2: At I, I just,
1: burned,
0: I just burned ants with a magnifying glass yes. <laughs> right. only. I can only do it during yeah. the matinee when the sun's yeah. out. Right. Right.
2: It was a cool experience. I still think about that quite often. And, and, uh, just the, the level of, of talent. And the other thing that was really cool about it is there was a huge level of talent and nobody was an yeah. No, yeah. Nobody was, nobody was, was, full of themselves. Everybody was really cool and friendly and open and and lots of exchange of ideas. And it was just, it was a great experience.
1: Well, and that's what's cool is like when the Moisture Festival sends out uh, their booking information for You've Been Booked, it says, click here if you are an asshole.
0: Dude, <laughs> click here you. if you're a robot, click here if you're cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a cool robot. <laughs> If you're a cool robot, click all the boxes with a stop sign.
1: But if, if you're a robot who's an <laughs> asshole, you're also not welcome.
2: <laughs> right. But we might have something you could do in the after show. Anyway. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> we don't want to take up all your time, but uh, people can find you at lesssmore.com, swamiyo.com, com. They can pick uh, listen to you. You have your own podcast, Hand in Pocket Podcast.
2: Yep, I haven't done anything on that recently. There's, I think, there's three or four episodes out, and they are still there. It's on the history of pickpocketing. Yeah, and then they
1: also you also have a book called uh, Pickpocketing: The History, Lingo, and Secrets.
2: Not not to mislead anybody, I'd say it's more of a booklet, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but uh, but yes, that is all correct. You can
1: find it at lesssmore.com. You, I was hoping it would be in an Abby Hoffman, you know, cover.
2: <laughs> I steal this. Yeah, that's what I should do. If you can take, if you can take this booklet out of my pocket, it's yours. Yeah, there you go.
0: That's great. Yep. And then set your calendars for around New Year's for Elvis's Birthday Fight Club. I'm there. I'm in, I'm in there. DC. It's <laughs> well. You, we should we should book ourselves, Matt. Um, at the first night I do out there in Virginia, and then go see the show. I'm down. Sign me All up. Right that so would be, be awesome, awesome. wait be do they awesome.
1: also have the click this box if you're an asshole because uh,
2: i might i don't know uh, for first night or for, or for uh ebfc we don't have any we don't have nice things we don't have any real people who are assholes in ebfc but we got lots of characters who are so. <laughs> nice i like that
1: uh well thank you so much we really appreciate uh you coming on uh yeah. it's, been, it's been awesome to get to i have never met you so this is awesome and being our first fully virtual interview yeah
2: I I was virtually into it. Yeah,
1: awesome. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you.
0: We want to thank you for listening to the Moisture Festival podcast. If you haven't bought tickets yet for the festival, you can do that at moisturefestival.org. You can also find out information about volunteering or supporting it financially as well. Just click on the contribute button.
1: You can also find Moisture Festival, they are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube if you want to check out more details on any of those social network sites. If you want to find out more information on Louie and I, we do a podcast podcast together that is completely different than this podcast and it is called the odd and off beat podcast and you can find that on any platform that you get your podcasts at if you would like to find out information on Louie and i's shows you can
0: do so by visiting louis site which is louis fox with two x's com and matt baker's site comedy stunt dot com spelt the way you would expect it to be spelled yes. And we want to thank all the volunteers, performers, sponsors, donors, board members, producers of the Moisture Festival for helping make this thing happen. Absolutely. A lot of moving parts and they do a wonderful job at creating a very unique
1: experience
0: that you cannot get anywhere else. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank
2: you for listening to Moisture Festival podcast and stay moist.